Episode 59, The Lesson Plan Vortex. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. educators, this is Gretchen from Always a Lesson, and whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, this podcast is for you. I'm here to empower you to reach your potential, and I refer to you as elite because only an elite educator would take time to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast just like this to help hone their craft. I'm really enjoying all the thoughtful reviews that are coming in on iTunes. Thank you for those of you who are taking a moment out of your day to log in and leave a star rating with a review. It certainly lets me know what you're liking about the show, but it also tells iTunes, hey, keep this show pumping so that more educators can continue to learn and grow. So today's shout out is from an Ohio teacher named B.W. Penny S. And she says, Gretchen is awesome. Her shows are practical, engaging, and useful. Great listen. I love those short and sweet reviews, don't you? It lets me know that you're finding value in what I'm sharing, and you use three descriptors that I think are important. You mentioned they're practical, and that's what I want. I want someone to be able to walk away listening to the podcast saying, I can apply this right now. This is something that is timely, but it's easy to implement. You also mentioned it's engaging, so I'm glad as I'm sitting here talking to myself that you don't feel that way. You feel that this is a two-way conversation and that my voice is not boring you to death, or at least I hope not. And then you also mentioned again it's useful so that what you're doing is not just learning something, but you're able to implement it, which is the whole purpose of any sort of professional development, is that you start putting it into practice so it not only makes you better, but it of course helps your students achieve their potential. So thank you so much, BW Penny S, for stopping by and letting me know what you think. Well, today I want to help you reignite that passion and potential by talking about overcoming the lesson plan vortex. So this podcast episode is especially for any educator that feels strapped to be themselves in the classroom due to requirements and initiatives. Hang on, this is going to be one empowering ride. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I love to give you a behind-the-scenes look of making of the podcast episode. So this whole topic came to me from a post I had on Instagram. And I just recently this summer decided I was going to venture into Instagram. I had one for my personal account. It's just family. And it's I barely allow access to those photos. I feel like it's really personal and I just felt like more teachers are hanging out on Instagram, and I've got to be able to connect with them. Facebook has been awesome, but there's something about photos. You know, people in our generation just really love seeing quotes and pictures, and that's what Instagram is. It's less words, you know, but it's all visual stimulation. And so I opened an account, always.a.lesson. Bummer, someone took always a lesson, so I had to stick some dots in there. But it's been fun to just engage my audience and use graphics and quotes and 
you know, those tend to get a lot of shares and a lot of likes, which, you know, aside from growing my own following on Instagram, it also helps me again, reach more teachers. And it's the same mission I have with my blog and the podcast and educational resources. So I started making daily quote photos with just my own random thoughts. And one happened to take off in popularity which sent a resounding message to me that this is really speaking to the hearts of teachers around the world. Um, It got a lot of likes and it got comments. And so that to me was like, okay, whatever I said here really hit a string. And so the quote, I've actually put the image in the show notes. So if you go to alwaysalesson.com and you click on podcast, you can see this episode there and, and the visuals right there. And it's also on social media. So if you follow me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, it's there as well. You can borrow it, share it, steal it, whatever. But the quote is, a lesson plan is more than a standard objective and activity. It's about empowerment, accountability, and ownership. And when I wrote that, I thought to me, that is what I've been helping teachers overcome for so long. And I'll go into detail in a minute. I didn't realize how many teachers felt free reading that. Because let's face it, we all have to write lesson plans, right? And so through my work with the new teacher project, obviously working with new teachers, and then on staffing projects in um, high impact schools or, or those that are Title I and really in need of, of great teachers. My teachers in distress are the ones that I continue to help, and it's just one of the major focuses both these new teachers and the teachers in distress have to focus on is lesson planning. You know, the new teacher has just got to learn the basics, you know, what needs to go into designing a lesson plan, but hey, those teachers in distress, they have claws in their backs to make sure they get it together, and they better follow such and such requirements or they're out. So there's a lot of pressure on both ends of the new teacher needing to make sure they keep their job the same with the teacher in distress. Like, oh my gosh, i got to keep my job too. One is more knowledgeable than the other, but they both get sucked into this lesson plan vortex. And this quote is kind of where my thought came from thinking about these two groups of people. But the one thing that I think really resonated with teachers that saw this was, you know, teaching is more than a lesson plan. Yet, sure, it's the foundation, and you can't be a great teacher without a plan, and you certainly can't create an engaging learning opportunity without proper preparation. But so many teachers out there write fantastic lesson plans, but they can't teach worth anything. And so it's almost like it's a checklist, like, did I put this? Did I put this? Did I put this? And if you're wondering, okay, what are those things? Let's just pause for a moment and recap. A great lesson plan has at least these items. So you need to have an appropriate grade level standard, a measurable and manageable objective. Those are two different things, but they are so necessary. Measurable meaning you can actually see through student work or student interaction or discussion that they're able to master what you're teaching that day, but manageable that can happen in one sitting. I mean, it's not a standard that's weeks long. It's one day. You have a section for materials and vocabulary noted somewhere on that piece of paper. And here's the part that's really the meat and potatoes of the lesson plan is that gradual release of responsibility. You have some direct instruction. We call that I do because you're the one doing it. Then you've got your guided practice. We call that we do because you and the students are working together through it now that you've modeled it. And then you've got that independent practice. We call it you do, meaning the students are now taking over and practicing the skill. 
if you want to take it a step further, a lot of teachers are now required to differentiate and have that section on their lesson plans with some higher order thinking questions attached. Um, but you also, through that gradual release of responsibility, need to make sure that not only are your activities fun, but they're actually aligned to the standard and to the objective, which sometimes can be really difficult, especially if you're looking on Pinterest and Teachers Pay Teachers for ideas. You can get so caught up in the fun of an activity that you lose sight of what is the skill and does it even match what I'm supposed to be teaching. And then you got to end with a bang, have that measurable aligned assessment. If you can't get any data from it, like, oh, what's one thing you learned today? Well, that's not really helpful for you to know and pinpoint where students got lost. And if it's not aligned, meaning it doesn't tell you anything about the objective or the standard, then what's the point of doing it? So that right there is kind of the checklist. But what happens with that vortex is teachers use it like a checklist. It's like, okay, do I have this? Do I have this? Do I have this? And that's because administration has been checking lesson plans, making sure that you don't just have something, but that you actually have all the parts, especially if you're new, that you're kind of like under a microscope of, do you know how to design a lesson plan? Does it have all the components? And your lesson plans are like five pages trying to make sure you're as detailed as possible. But you teachers in distress also are under the microscope, making sure, can you write a lesson plan? And when I come in, I better see this happen at 502 and well, not 502, that'd be either really early or really late. <laughs> Let's say 1156, some random number. But that pressure is actually keeping you in the vortex. It's called compliance. And let me just fill in these boxes on this piece of paper with information and little thought and boom, my lesson plans are done. And this vortex, you get so stuck in these requirements that you lose a few things. You lose the vision to actually impact student learning. And you lose creativity, definitely lose excitement, you lose perspective, but most important, you lose you. Like, yes, you need to plan a thorough lesson plan, but why? What's the whole point of this planning? Well, it's to ensure that you've really thought deeply enough to cover your basis in terms of, you know, unbundling content. So it's bite-sized chunks. You're introducing content. You're modeling content. You're sitting alongside students as they grapple with the content. You're letting them give it a go alone. And then you're seeing what they can do on their own. And that differentiation piece is huge because your high learners need the content, but then they're ready to fly. It's like, let me go. Let me do this. I want to work on a deeper level, on a higher level. And then you've got your lower learners. They need more time. They need repetition of that simple concept. And so if mastering content is truly this outcome that you want for every lesson, then you have so much work to do to make sure you design a learning experience that allows for mastery. And that's not just going through a checklist. List. Yep, I told them what I'm teaching. Yep, it's a standard, and I wrote my objective on the board. Yep, I did an example. Yep, they tried the example. Yep, they did it on their own. Yep, they filled out an exit ticket. Done. That vortex makes you boring, unmotivated, and basic. Don't be a vanilla teacher. Be a spicy teacher. Your kids want to get excited to come to your class and see what craziness is about to ensue. They want to laugh and they want to struggle too, but with that support. You know, they want to go for a ride and feel the accomplishment of tackling tough content. So what do you do? Well, let's go back to that quote. A lesson plan is more than a standard objective and activity. Okay, we all agree on that now. 
It's about empowerment, accountability, and ownership. So let's dig into what that means. So yes, you need the standard, you need the objective, you need the activity, yada, yada, yada. But what are you really supposed to be doing with that lesson plan? Well, it's a guide, you know, just to ensure that you've thought through the lesson from start to finish, taking into consideration the levels of your students. But your students gain nothing if you don't design an experience that allows them to take accountability for their learning, take ownership in the experience, and because of those two things, they now feel empowered as a learner and a person. Well, that all sounds good and fine, but how? Do I do that? You might be wondering. And so let's take it step by step. Let's start with accountability. So you need to ensure that students can showcase their learning. And it's got to be in a variety of ways. It can't just be an exit ticket at the end because you may have lost a kid way in the beginning and he just spent 45 minutes being lost. Like we don't have that kind of time to wait that long to measure mastery. We need to make sure throughout the lesson we're checking in on students' understanding. And so that's why they talk about informal and formal assessment. So informal is what you're going to do all throughout your lesson, like your observation, you're taking anecdotal notes, you've got a class discussion, you're listening into that, you're looking at the activity participation and student work samples. But then you've got that formal assessment at the end it's either that exit ticket, which is short and sweet, or maybe it's a lengthier assessment, but you've got to be able to have both. How did they do throughout the lesson and stopping when you're seeing that they're not quite with you, but also having that paper copy at the end, that hard evidence that's your true data of what students have accomplished. You don't want to take a formal data before students have mastered, which would have been during that direct instruction or guided practice. They're gaining the skills. They're gaining effectiveness. but They haven't got it quite yet, and you don't want to get data too early. That's why you want that informal to just kind of be a touch point for you. Okay, do I move on to this next section, or do I hang here a bit, maybe do some more examples, maybe ask more questions, maybe pull a small group? So you need to collect that data to know not just who gets it and who doesn't, but to what level that they're understanding. And it's also important that the student knows exactly where they stand so that they can then set their own personal goals, but they can also help you pinpoint where the breakdown happened in their own understanding. So accountability is huge, and it can't just happen at the end. Let's move on to ownership, my favorite. So students need to be in the driver's seat. So you have a mini lesson, that's where you're providing that direct instruction, but once that's done, you need to get off that podium or your soapbox because it's not about you. Spend the rest of the lesson giving students the opportunities to showcase their learning. So put them in charge of like classroom routines, for example, passing or collecting papers or gathering materials or, you know, group jobs like you're the note taker or the timekeeper. You can also put them in charge of discussion. So put them in peer-to-peer -peer groups, and they can teach each other. They can have talking points or discussion questions. Again, you would provide those question stems so that they are able to continue the discussion. But now they're the ones guiding it and determining it, and that's where that ownership comes in. You can also put them in charge of leading instruction. So they can come up. They can model the strategy. They can explain it in kid terms. Again, you're getting them more involved than just completing it. A task, they're now stepping up their level of ownership in the actual learning process. 
And the more they're involved, the more that they're going to learn, especially from each other. But you, the teacher, although you are the leader, you're actually just facilitating learning rather than driving it. You know that everything that's happened is quality because you've planned it that way, so you have control. But during the actual experience, you are taking a step back and letting students really take control then, which could mess up your pace. you got to be really flexible. Maybe they're going to go through it really quickly or really slowly, and that's where you adjust as a teacher. So let's hit the last point, empowerment. So now that your students were able to take more ownership, they were also held to those accountable standards And because of all your work with the design of the lesson, they're now empowered in their own learning environment. They didn't just come sit and get, and you know you hate that kind of PD, so don't design that kind of a lesson for students to sit through. The confidence levels of your students will rise. They're going to be better equipped socially for all this high-quality interaction with their peers that you've created. And they're also more in tune with who they are as a learner. What are they good at? Where do they lack? How do they need to receive instruction? What kind of support can they gain themselves? Notice I didn't say what support do you need to provide, but what support can they go out and ask for or create themselves? And so, yes, the lesson plan is important. It provides that structure when you're planning. And you need to make sure you're teaching appropriate content, not just for the age, but for the level of your students. You need to be able to take that standard, break it down into an objective that can be taught in one lesson. You need to design activities that match the objective so that when the assessment comes, everything is related and can then provide you accurate data for levels of mastery. But do not allow that structure to be a vortex that sucks you in to be the worst form of you possible. You're more than that piece of paper. You're capable of adhering to this structure, but still thinking of new, unique ways to present information and engage your students on a new level. And all you have to think about is three things, accountability, ownership, and empowerment. So if you have the lesson plan structure that's required, you've built in opportunities for accountability and ownership, then your students are bound to be empowered. And now you've just escaped the lesson plan vortex. So I suggest you go snag that quote visual in the show notes at alwaysalesson.com, or you can just go on any of my social media platforms and print it off. I want you to hang it in your planning binder as a daily reminder that You can be your best, even under such strict requirements and initiatives that can often seem so binding and restricting. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on overcoming the lesson plan vortex so that you can unleash your teaching potential, allowing students to reach new heights in their academic development. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcast.com. 
for more details.